you Nicorette gum. Like you've been here for less than less than twenty four hours, and there's already there's already Nicorette oh, gum. I want to drag. I'm so sorry. On the floor. <laughs> wow, it's, it's chewed too. It is chewed. It's you disgusting. Can't... I'm Nikki Bond, and my absentee rock and roll dad has just recently come back into my life. So now I have to try and teach him how to be a father because he has no clue. Okay, I just got a text from my dad that he has officially landed in LA and he's on his way to my place. So I just want to explain to you what's going on before he gets here. My name is Nikki Bond and my dad and I are about to spend the most amount of time we ever have together. A week. He's 65, I'm 33, and we haven't spent more than five days together. Wow, fuck, when you say it out loud, it really hits home to those crippling abandonment issues. Oh boy. So my dad wasn't around when I was growing up. He's a drummer, so do I really need to say anything else? Nope. I'm from Toronto, and he lived there up until I was in like grade five, and then he moved to Florida. And from that point on, we barely kept in touch. We would talk on the phone every other month and saw each other every like two to three years. And I had a very distant relationship with him. I just felt like I didn't know him, and I was okay with that, which is kind of fucked up. But, you know, he wasn't a predominant figure in my life, and that was that. So now he's retired, and I think it's time to work on our relationship. I would like to have a better dad in my life. But you know what the problem is? He's jumping into fatherhood at 65. The guy has no idea how to be a parent. He has no idea how to put someone else before himself. And he has no idea what it's been like on my side. And I don't know what it was like on his side. I would like to know because maybe I can heal a little bit. Hey, daddy, where were you? Oh God, I'm getting worked up just thinking about it. It's going to be hard because I've tried this before. I've tried to express myself, tell him how I feel, tell him what I need, and it hasn't worked. So now that he's retired, I am going to give this a real shot and I am going to try and teach him what he's done wrong and try and make up for lost times. I say it with confidence, but this is going to be really hard. Bobby Economo is just not like the others. recording now and I'm watching the waveform be creative. Okay, I'm good. Testing, testing. Do you want to maybe play it back just for yourself to make sure? No, I, I, no, it's working. Promise, promise? Promise, promise. Oh, okay, cool. I just dumped my plant. I just, uh, I just... <sighs> Give me one second. What's your, what's your first question? Okay. Whoa. No, Dad. We have to introduce ourselves first. No one knows who we are. Oh, okay. Hi. I'm Bobby. How are you? <laughs> what are we doing today? Okay. So I'm Nikki. I'm a comedian. You're, you're Nikki? Well, yeah, Dad, but that's like my comedy name. Like my name's Nicole. My dad calls me Nicole, but like I go by Nikki in comedy. 
Okay. So this is my dad. Do you want to introduce yourself? Hi. <laughs> do, you want to, do you want to say your name? Uh, no. Why don't you want to say your name? Dad. No, that's not. That's my name. That's dad. <laughs> that's dad. Daddy? Nope. That's not appropriate. That's not. Daddy? Yeah. What's wrong with fucking daddy? What's wrong with fucking daddy? That's exactly what's wrong with daddy. Okay. Okay. So, um, wait, why don't you want to, why don't you want to say, Bobby? Bobby. Why didn't okay. you want to say your name? I want to remain anonymous. <clears throat> what? But like the po- point of the podcast is for, uh, us to build our relationship so i'm gonna tell you people are gonna know who you are why are you why are you so worried about remaining anonymous fear what's where's the fear come from i don't know what the hell you're doing Mm -hmm. i don't know how you're editing this Mm -hmm. and it's going to be on a podcast so if there are embarrassing things that have been edited into the podcast I don't want to have to deal with it. I've got enough cringes in my life to. Well, the good news is, is that. I don't have much longer to live. Yeah. So it's not too bad. You are like what? 20 years? Who knows, man? I could go any day. You could go any day. That's why you got to say your name. Yeah. My dad went at 68 and I'm I'm 66. So I've got maybe a year and a half. Dad, that is the most morbid thing you've ever said. But. It's reality, man. No. I mean, this is, okay, this is the, this is our intro to our podcast right now, and it's, <laughs> you're talking about, you're going to die. We're already it's, getting into some, some Yeah, this some, isn't where we're going to go. We're, let's keep the intro going, and then we'll go okay, back to your okay, morbid. Okay. okay, so my dad and I have had an interesting relationship, just mm-hmm. to give a quick little background of our relationship and the past. Um, you met my mom in Toronto. Mm -hmm. You guys divorced when I was how old? Legally, I think we got divorced in 1999 or 98 when she was about to get married to Bev. (laughs) Wait, who's, who's Bev? I mean, Nick, Nick. I have a friend of mine who's, I have never met the guy, but his name is Bev. But, but you, so you thought it, that it's slip of the tongue, my nerves. This is nerve wracking. <laughs> okay, wait, 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 wait. So Nick's last name is Beverly. You've never called Nick Beverly ever in your life, and then you shortened it to Bev. <laughs> it wasn't a Freudian slip. It was just. I didn't think. Okay, all right. So that when she got married to Bev, which is Nick, is his name. <laughs> Okay. I mean, we, 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 we separated in 1988, I believe. Okay. Or Twice, I think we split up. Oh, really? Yeah. So you guys split up, you got back together, and then you split up again? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. It's how I remember it. Oh, wow. More questions to come. Did you break up twice for the same reason? Was I... Did you break up before she was pregnant with me or after? No. <laughs> Once I was born. After. So I was born in 86. So you guys broke up when I was two. Right. Okay. And then when, just so, because I don't remember, like you're going to have a different memory of our relationship than what I'm going to have because I was a kid. 
Absolutely. And not only that, memory is very selective. I mean, I just read a whole uh, scientific article on memory. And it's really fascinating because people remember things. And if you talk to somebody that you've known a long time, they'll say things that remember, remembering things that about what we did, they remember certain things and I remember certain things, but I don't remember what they remember. It's really crazy, man. Okay. So let's do that exercise right now with our, with our history. Okay. Okay. So what was our relationship from two to four? Like how, how would we see each other? It was a weekend day thing. Okay. Right. Not an overnight thing. It was just like a day thing. Oh, I never did an overnight thing. Never, ever, 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 ever. Well, you didn't have a room for me to sleep over in. Well, yeah, I don't think you would have wanted to anyway. No, I don't think so either. Would you have wanted me to? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. And how often do we see each other once a week or once a month? Well, we tried once a week, but I yeah. was a bit scared, maybe scared. Um, Well, not familiar, just, you know, uncomfortable. And when I was two to four, what would we do? Like, what do you do with a two-year-old? I don't think possibly I saw you by myself at two. Okay. Right. I think it was more like four. So what was that like when I was two to four? Was it like you were just doing your thing, working, like? Did you feel like there was any sort of detachment? Because I'm just trying to put myself in your position. Even though you had a kid, did you feel like you had a kid or was it a bit hard to wrap your head around? You know, there's a lot of things that happen in life where you assume things, but when it actually happens, everything changes, right? Yeah. So I wasn't planning on having a kid. Right. But once you were born, it was really an eye-opening deal for me. Huge. You know, there's a lot of things I would have done differently. And what I think would you have done differently? Um, as soon as your mom had gotten pregnant, I would have, I would have run to AA and gotten sober again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and dealt with it as a mature person, opposed to somebody who drinks, which is not good. It's not healthy. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that that would have changed the game for everything or is there anything else he would have done differently? Well, I I think that if I had gotten sober again and had a kid, I would have been, been, you know, there's a lot of things that go into getting sober and it's a spiritual thing, you know, the, the, you know, the 12 step thing, you know, um, acceptance and uh, patience and all kinds of stuff. I mean, it's a very deep transformation once once you stop drinking. And, yeah. and you're actually working the program. Okay, so you, you're the biggest thing you would do is get sober. That would have helped the situation. Okay, so four was when I started to see you a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Like we would see each other on the weekends, mm-hmm. maybe like every two weeks. I do remember being very shy, Mm -hmm. but we did things like we would go and watch planes land. We would go to the park and you would do headstands. It it appeared to me that you were like completely bored, (laughs) disinterested, not wanting to go see the planes. I mean, I was trying to just 
do things, but none of it works. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think I liked seeing the planes, but I... Well, you do now because you look, you remember back as a, an adult, you go, wow, that, that must have been cool. But as a two-year-old or four-year-old, you're going, first of all, I'd rather be with my friends. And he wants to go to the end of an airport and watch airplanes <laughs> land. No. <laughs> what gave you that idea to take me to go watch airplanes land? Desperation, man. <laughs> really? You were just like, I don't know what to do with her. Got it. I don't know how to get this going. I don't. I don't know how to get this happening. I don't know how to get this started. I'm fucking lame. Maybe she'll dig pl- seeing planes land. Oh my god! The only the only time I was really like comfortable was taking you to a Disney movie. Or some movie, you know. Yeah. And having to sit through that shit. Okay. But, okay, okay. but appearing to be really into it. Okay, because on my side, it didn't seem like you were desperate. I wasn't bored. I thought that you just loved planes. And I remember one time you were like, "You want to go? You want to go in one? You want to go to Buffalo?" And I remember being like, "No," because I know that if I get in a plane, I don't have a passport. Uh, if I come back and I was like, hey, mom, I was in Buffalo this afternoon, she'd fucking kill you. Like, I was like yeah. four and I knew yeah. that I couldn't do that. Yeah. There was a little airport I wanted to take you up in and fly. Okay, Not so- only that, I wanted to show you weightlessness. It was like, maybe she would like weightlessness. And then and I'm I like said, four. she might cry. And yeah. when you cried, it sucked. Like, but would I cry in front of you a lot? Like I don't. Yeah, man. You really? <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't remember feeling comfortable enough to cry in front of you. But trust me. Okay. Especially when I sang at the cash register, man. You would fucking lose it. Okay, so see, tell me that stuff like this. I do remember you dancing and singing at the cash re- register when we'd be checking out, and I would get really upset. So this is where I want to know what it was like for you when I was a kid as a dad what our dynamic was the dynamic as it appeared to me was like you were just tolerating the time and just waiting to get the fuck out of my you know, go back home that sucks dad can we go back dad i want to go back home now you know that, that was the, the cue <laughs> that fucking sucks did it hurt your it was, feelings it was pretty brutal huh <laughs> yeah, plus you're a really hard read man it was like I would do something and I didn't know if you liked it or not, or it was just, it was, it was a challenge. For I'm me. trying to tap into that. I feel like there was something inside of me that wanted to make it difficult. There's something in me that I'm trying to think of like what it felt like, or I remember I couldn't get my guard down until we had hung out for like at least an hour. I liked going to, um, lunch at the beach cafe, like the corner of Waverly. Yes. I loved doing that with you. <laughs> I remember <laughs> this. You were really young. You're you're maybe two or you two years old, right? And so I took you down this two or three. You, you didn't say much. You would mm-hmm. I would just sit there, and you were eating your food, and I I would read a book, right? Yeah. Okay, well, yeah, and, no wonder I was like, can I get the fuck out of here? You're reading a book. Well, well, you were eating, though, and it was like, I don't know what else to do. I'll, I'll read a book, and she could read, and, and she, she doesn't want to, there's no communication going on. But 
<laughs> what happened was your mom and your grandmom <laughs> was walking by and saw me reading at the table while you were eating and that was that was a lesson right there, man. No like, way. <laughs> did they did they ream you out? I deserved the firing squad. Okay, so then what happened? I mean, you know, I'm sitting there trying to make. It, you were young, and yeah, so I was reading the book, and your mom and your grandmother walked by and saw me there, and you know, they both kind of like got upset about it. This is okay. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. You. Are, are telling me these stories and I'm like yeah no okay at first I felt bad for you at first when you told me that I would I didn't talk I seemed really bored I did I would say dad yeah. I want to go home I was like oh my god that would like really hurt but now you're telling me that we would go for lunch and I didn't really say much because I am two years old right and then you're reading a book so like I probably that set the precedent for me that I was like well He's just going to like read stuff. And now I have to sit here and we aren't talking. But you were eating lunch. You, you didn't want to talk. Of course I want to talk was... when I'm eating lunch. Of course huh? eating lunch is like, oh, I'm what because I'm like chewing and swallowing food doesn't mean I don't want to have a conversation or be silly billy or draw things. Silly billy? Yeah. Like be like, <laughs> oh, let's, let's, you know, oh, let's draw this thing on the, I remember they had crayons there. You were doing that too. Yeah. So you're like, yeah. you know what you do? You go like, oh, draw an elephant. Oh, what am I drawing? You play hangman. You play tic-tac-toe. You. We did all. I, I tried all that. And, what, and I the, was the like. The book thing was the last resort. It was like, okay, she's she's wants to be left alone and she probably wants to go home as soon as this lunch is over. This just sounds and, <laughs> like an anxiety attack. No wonder I have anxiety <laughs> because you know how they say like animals can sense when you're nervous. I'm probably yeah. sitting there and you're like, all right, she doesn't want to talk to me. And then you start reading a book and then I'm like, oh, now he's anxious. Now I'm anxious. Now I'm embarrassed. He doesn't want to talk to me because he's reading a book. Now I'm just going to eat my food and look down and not say anything. Like that's just. That was your MO though. At the time, you didn't want. I mean, you were. You seemed bugged. I don't think you could have anxiety and and be pissed off at the same time. Whatever. I. I, I mean, if I had to do it all over again, yeah, I would have taken you to a different restaurant, so I wouldn't have gotten caught reading. <laughs> but you're still the same. Like we'll go out for lunch. And I do want to talk and you'll get on your phone. You're like, I just, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta read that. I gotta read this. And then I'm like, what are you reading? You're like, just the news. This just, and I'm like, the news will be there when you, when you come back. Okay. So anyways, let's say, when did you move? How old was I when you moved? Uh, it was 19, it was 1994. You were eight. Eight. Okay. I don't remember you moving. Yeah. We were how we were. And then you lived in yeah. Florida. It wasn't like, Dodge you right. to Florida? You know. Well, actually, the last time I saw it, was, it was pretty emotional. I, I lost it. I mean, I, I remember your mom calling me and say, don't upset her. You know, every time I would come and visit you. Yeah, I would get really upset. Yeah, so did I. 
I mean, I stayed in, in, in Toronto for 10 years. You know, I, I got there at 84 and left at 94. Mm-hmm. And there was no reason for me to stay there. The only reason was, you know, you were there, right? And uh, I mean, in my mind, I'm like, well, I'm a reason to stay. But you left because you were American and there were things with your papers. And you got busted at the border. Yeah, big time. Okay, so they, you, you got kicked out, kind of. Yeah, I did. Okay, so you you really it was it was an it was a really emotional thing when we said goodbye. When you uh, left to Florida, you don't remember that. I don't remember it. Wow, it was fucking awful. Man. Did you have to explain to me I'm moving to Florida? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what did I? And I was eight. Did I understand? Eight or nine. You did understand. I mean, you were really crying hard. I was crying hard. It was awful. It's horrible. Did you prep me, or did you just say one day, like, I'm leaving? No, no, I prepped you. Yeah. Um. Okay. So then, after that, we didn't really see each other or talk. This is where we where we became very distant. I would say, right from 1996 to yeah, 2005. Wow. Yeah. Like I was aware of what our situation was and I accepted it, but my high school project called Who Am I? And it was in grade 12 and I made it about you and us not knowing each other. Like it it was all about not knowing you, but connecting with you through music. Cause that was a one thing when I became older by that, I mean like six to eight, don't you find that our, our connection was yeah. through music? Like we would write songs together. Like, do yeah. you think that I came out of my yeah. shell a bit more? Yeah. Because, uh, you were coming up with some great stuff. Seriously. I loved, I yeah. loved some of the stuff you were And I remember with. I wrote a song in the car. I was just riffing. My dad was like, I don't know, emptying the trunk. And I was singing a song to myself. And then you were like, what song is that? And I was like, I just made it up. And you were like, what? And I remember that day to a T. I remember what it felt like. You were like so mm-hmm. impressed. And I didn't know what I was doing. I was just like riffing in the car yeah. being an only child. I mean, it was really sophisticated and really good. I mean, I was like, holy shit. That I would say is the day that I was like, my dad sees me. And then you were so invested and interested in me because you didn't know how to be interested in a child until I wrote that song. I recognized that. I was like, oh, this is the thing that makes him invested in me, which is, uh, that's my reality. My reality was he doesn't really like know what to talk to me or do what do with me. Like we don't have much chemistry. I don't know what to do. And then the day that you realized I could write music was the day that I felt more connected to you uh, and oh, like, course. oh, this is what we're going to do. And I would say that music is the one thing that like has kept our relationship together. So I guess I brought this up because I did that project, Who Am I? And it was all about like writing music with you, but then like you being distant and this and that. And then my mom and Nick and like people came to see it. And my mom was like, your dad needs to see this. And I was like, no, because I wasn't ready to confront you at the mm-hmm. time in high school. I didn't mm-hmm. want to hurt your feelings. That was my biggest thing is I was like, it's going to make him sad. I don't, I don't want to hurt his feelings. Right. And you in the meantime were on the road, right? Yeah. I, I wasn't in Toronto. Yeah. And now, now I think in our relationship during these years, 
we may have become a little bit more distant even, but that's on my end because now I have just accepted our relationship. I wasn't trying to make an effort at this point. I was like, this is just going to be us. Okay. Yeah. And then in university, now I'm just gone. Like now, see you later, alligator. Like I am creating new friends. I'm partying. For you in those years, what was it like? I was just unattainable yes yeah but i wasn't it wasn't like it was i always had hope that we would have a relationship what i had never given up on hoping that we would have a relationship and uh based on my experience with my parents when i was your age or even earlier i didn't want to talk to my parents you know it was like oh god they're calling i gotta talk to them uh yeah but you know what's really crazy is uh, we could write any script we want of our past right and guys don't have the luxury of having a kid growing inside and being connected physically and emotionally to this thing and uh that's the advantage there are things that women do naturally with with kids that I don't think men can do. But there are some dads and men that are better, that are more motherly than the mom. There are exceptions to everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, so after that... You, I'm, I'm talking generally. All right, so now that you've said your philosophy for the day, <laughs> let's figure out, let's get back on track. So then we reconnected when I was in university. Right? I came to Washington. Right. Yeah. Okay. So now we are, you know, we've, we've had like, yeah, some, uh, interactions together. And, um, the big, the big turning point was when I sent you an email being like, my friend's dad died. Um, I want to get, I want to know you. And then my dad had a turning point, which was insane realization. So, uh, my dad called me up and said that he watched a movie with, was it Billy Bob? Do you, you don't even remember this. Triggered my memory. He, guys, just. How long ago was this? This was like a month and a half ago. Holy shit. Yeah. That's serious ADD, man. Okay. Um, he called me up and said, Hey, Nikki, I just watched this movie where Billy Bob got in the car with his family with his kids and it made me think god she never had that and i was like no i didn't have that you're realizing it now so then oh wait 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 wait, wait. okay here's the deal what was the first comment you said when we started this i don't remember ah oh (laughs) so if you can't remember we have to remember because you, you kind of said what your reference of your memory is and what my reference, everybody's memory is selective. Everybody's reality is different. Everybody's perspective is different at the time. Yes. Okay. Okay. So take that into consideration. So don't make a a factual statement saying that this is your, what you lived and what you experienced as a child 
with your brain. Right. And that is why I wanted to make this podcast because as a child, when, when you're a kid, you think that adults, your parents are perfect. So if you're going to not be like my reality was shaped so much as a kid to not understanding it, to now being an adult, to being like, okay, that like now it's like, oh, you're not a perfect person. And you went and did your thing. But at the same time, your reality as an adult looking at a kid, yeah, it's all going to be different. But uh, what access to memory is dependent on so many things. And and I had an epiphany uh, recently watching and I was I believe it's an HBO thing about I didn't watch the Tom Hanks movie on Mr. Rogers. You didn't watch it. I didn't. Why are you saying that? Because the documentary on Mr. Rogers uh-huh. on HBO. Yeah. I went, holy shit. This guy was able to still identify with children as an adult. He was able to remember what it was to be like as a child. And he was able to connect with children as an adult because he remembered. And as you grow older, you forget and you only have glimpses of what it was like to be a child. And I implore any any parent who is bringing up a child to watch that because he really has that ability to connect with the child. And uh, I go, wow, I, I didn't have the ability to put my self in the child's perspective as an adult. Okay. Yeah. That's it? That, 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 that's, that, that's an important point. Because it, it branches off into more uh, things about adult behavior toward children as being dismissive, not giving enough time, all that stuff. But I learned so much about being a parent at 66 watching a documentary about Mr. Rogers. And it was like, man, you know, it's, it's hard to remember how to relate to children because they're not a child anymore. Yeah. Okay, so that's all I had to say. Right, but... Okay. And the reason I said that was, I don't know how you're going to do this, but if if that's something that would fit into a later part or another podcast, you could edit that. But I'd have to redo my hair. (laughs) Okay. Because my curls aren't coming out in this dry atmosphere, dry climate. I had really nice curls in New Orleans. Okay, go ahead. I'm so sad. (laughs) But I didn't see your curls in New Orleans. Uh, no, huh. no, huh. it is pretty flat on the side. It is. Yeah, it's, it's a new it's a new concept. So you want to do a new podcast in New Orleans when your hair is curly and you can talk about Mister Rogers? No, no, okay, no, it's just, it's just, it's just. <laughs> okay, couple. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> All right. You guys aren't necessarily going to know the challenges that there are <laughs> with trying to do this fucking concept. But here's the thing about my dad. Um, my biggest thing that I find is like in my relationship with my parents, I am the fucking parent. And I realized that my goal with this, my dad and I have spent time together where he's like 
come and stay with me for a couple days and it's still like we don't really hatch anything out about our past. Um, I fe- I realize that I've been trying to like protect your feelings and the, my therapist says that, but I'm, I'm always like trying to protect people and like I haven't when you've tried to talk to me about it sometimes, then I don't want to talk about it. Um, but I think my biggest thing is like, I'm like, it would be fucking awesome to not, to not be the parent. The word fucking really offends me, man. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Here's the problem. What's okay. the problem? Okay. Just in that sentence alone, you said an immense amount of information and it wasn't, subjective it was you you stated it as fact it's fact to myself it's fact to you but you you projected it as absolute fact (laughs) basically it was fake news (laughs) the fact that every fucking opinion i have you're like wait 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 your opinion comes from your mind and that is the fact that you it's like everybody knows what an opinion is but my my point is this in in that in those paragraphs that you just spoke, mm-hmm. I would have loved to address every one of those mm-hmm. and discuss because each one each thing that you said is a large part of a dynamic between a child and a parent, mm-hmm. and to just brush over it is not giving the listener the maximum amount of information. Okay, here's what I, here's a little beef that I have actually. Okay, you have lived the craziest life like you like your life experience has been insane and one of my qualms with us is that like it's so hard to get that information out of you and to me it's fascinating and amazing and like mm. you've you've been around Herbie Hancock you've been around Michael Jackson you've mm. been around Frank, like and I didn't know about that until I was like 28 mm-hmm. and that's crazy that's the mm. kind of stuff where I'm like mm. I'm your daughter you should be telling me this kind of stuff because imagine you died like 10 years ago and Mm -hmm. I never knew any of these stories like those are amazing Mm -hmm. things and those are like if we grew up together if you were around from the ages of 9 to early 20s I would know that because we would have had so many conversations there are certain things when it comes to those kinds of things I don't like talking about Yes, In, in general with any human being Okay, I do not like to uh, drop names or... Right, but but what... Here's my... This is perfect. But what fathers do, what parents do, let's say that, what parents do is throughout life, when their child experiences something, they share their story, even though you don't like to drop names, to inspire or teach the kid a lesson. And even though you don't like to drop names it is very important for me to know the life that you lived because when i have a child i can say your grandpa did this okay right you tell me stuff about my grandparents if i don't know about your crazy life okay i have no story to tell i think we need to to set a basis of what we're trying to get across not between me and you which we will but also I think it's important to discuss what so many children have experienced in different broken homes. And they're all it's all different dynamics, right? And your dynamic is with me, right? Yes. So 
as those children are being brought up in broken homes, they've got the mindset and the early learning experience of a broken home and it, it kind of like branches out in branches from generation to generation. That's all I'm trying to say is this could be a very yeah. in-depth. Well, that's because you came from a, a hard home. I, I, you know what? Yeah. Uh, it was, from my perception, it was, it was, it was, it was really hard. Yeah. And we'll get into that later. I, I mean, I have a little twitches. <laughs> Twitches <laughs> from that, but I'm here to uh, have a dialogue with you to open up about things, and also to be instructive to other parents that are younger than me. You know, that are bringing up children, and and to to help people in society. Yeah, but to be honest, it's all. I don't us. think that no. I don't think that you are the right person to be giving younger parents advice on how to be a parent. I think that us talking about it and your perspective and where I was coming from can help them. Um, I think you learning what it is to be a dad Mm -hmm. will help them. I don't think that you can give them advice because I don't think, I think that you're still learning. Absolutely. Here's the thing. It's hard. You've gotten to like go. You had a kid. You, I was nine. You went to Florida. You got to live your life. You didn't have the responsibility. Sure. You had the guilt and the worry, but you never like had the responsibility of like having to take care of anything. You know? Absolutely. I feel like my whole life I've been like, you owe me, you owe me, you owe me. And that's why with this, I'm like, well, I don't want to let you off the hook. And I'm like, maybe it's time you have to do things and go through the hardness of it or just the time, the selflessness of it. Okay. That's what I think. Okay. Does that make sense? Well, let's, let's get going here. (laughs) First base. Okay. So that was actually a pretty tame version of Bobby. He was pretty dialed in. Um, but what I'm going to be, you know what, I'm going to be honest. We kept talking for an hour after that and I took it out because it was painful. The guy has no idea what we're doing. My original goal of this podcast was to mend our relationship. And I knew that the only way that that could happen is if he starts to act more like a dad, take initiative and step up to the plate. But now that he has no clue and doesn't understand how this is going to work. A new goal of mine is to get him to understand the fucking concept of the podcast. Oh my God. If this doesn't help us, I really hope it helps people, somebody out there, whether it's a parent who's in my dad's situation, has no idea how to connect with her kid or somebody in my situation who has abandonment issues and needs to realize that you're not fucked up. It's your parents that fucked. No, I'm just joking. Okay. With that being said, though, I'm going to try and record at least 80% of our time together. Eh, that seems a bit, let's say 70, because there are going to be moments that happen behind the scenes that I know are going to be ridiculous, and I really don't want to miss them. So at the end of each episode, I'm going to do a segment with my favorite Bobby bit and play a clip that wasn't in the episode. So today, my favorite Bobby bit is what happened behind the scenes when I tried to explain to him what we were going to do. 
the other thing is, I don't think you're listening. I, I didn't listen to that because I was, I was. <laughs> oh my god! I, I, I wasn't because you're I was contemplating what you, you, what you had said before. I was thinking about that, so I wasn't getting all of it. But just okay, say, okay. Yeah, and look. My my neurotransmitters work the way they do. I, I can't. It's yeah, it's yeah. like training a puppy dog is what this is. All I'm trying to do. Oh my god, this is gonna be so hard. Oh my god. I don't, I don't think it's. I think it's gonna be very easy. I don't think so. I don't think so. All I'm trying to do is. Is this NASA? We have a problem. Yeah, like I can't believe I'm dad. I just want you to understand what it. <laughs> without you bring up history, here's okay. the fact. Okay. Okay. I just want you to learn how to be a father. Now, I'm not saying the things you do now of like letting me do my thing isn't being a father. There are many other components to being a father. And one of them is doing things you don't want to do. Another is having to be the one to create something that we do. Another is teaching me things. So what we're doing now is is, is setting up uh, a template or... Yeah, each day we're going to take something that a good father does... And a good daughter does. <laughs> yeah. And try it. There have been times when you've done things that have been very... Uh, okay. Let's keep going. Wait. Okay. I want to make sure you understand. Because here's the thing. I am confused a little I bit. I know. <laughs> but this is, a, this is progress. This is progress. Don't get discouraged about it. I'm a little discouraged. You are because you. Th- I'm not getting it. I'm not. I'm not getting it. But I might get it w- one day. I mean, not. I'm not. I mean, just keep talking. You guys aren't necessarily going to know the challenges that there are <laughs> with trying to do this fucking concept. But here's the thing about my dad. Um, it's hard to get. Ah. Oh, what? Let the viewer judge. Okay. 